What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Always Two. There are a Star Wars discussion podcast. I'm Josiah here with my co-hosts, Stephen and Brady. Hey, guys. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> so enthusiastic to be here, Brady. <laughs> Uh, this week we are going to be talking about the last five episodes of Star Wars Vision Season 1 as we lead up to, uh, May 4th. And, I mean, you guys will be listening to this on May 4th, but for us it's leading up to May 4th. It's three days. And there we go, ruining the time dilation effect of our podcast again. No problem. I aim to please. (laughs) That would be the cold open if we still did cold opens. Cold opens are great. Anyway, uh, yeah, we're going to be covering visions. We're going to start with the Saber Smith, or no, start with the Ninth Jedi and work our way through the last few episodes of the series. Um, so, yeah, unless anyone has any objections, we're going to jump right into it. I object. I just wanted to say that. Hi, Brady. We're not Hi. in court. Hi. Hello. How you doing, buddy? I'm, I'm okay. I'm partially blind now. Why? I'm, I just I was I'm gonna I'm gonna have to get glasses. Oh. Uh, I'm not actually blind, but it was me being over dramatic. Brady's got to get uh, contacts. Glasses. glasses. I can't remember what the new eyes. The thing is called. Micro binoculars. Yes. That Mandalorians have. I mean, more than just Mandalorians. Are those micro? The ones that fold over. Yeah. And then there's the single one as a rangefinder. That's what I was thinking of, the rangefinder. Yeah, the single one is a rangefinder. The ones that come over are micro Oh, the whole, the whole yeah, solid, solid bar. the whole solid visor is I micro think more, more clones of, have those than Mandos. Yeah. But Mandos do use them. They are, yeah, they're yeah, helmets. Yeah. I should need to say that it's derived from Mandalorian technology. Yeah, yeah. With anyway. Super plastic. Because right. the Mandos are the strongest fighting force in the galaxy. So Damn we're going to... Aside from the Sith, but that's okay. Jump. No, 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 no. Right that's why it. the Sith used the Mandalorians yeah, that's why they for used centuries. Us. Yeah, <laughs> because they're better in, in, at politics than us, but so not stronger. better at strength. No. Cue the music. Uh. <laughs> I don't know if that'll play after or before the theme song, but it well, will. that will just be the theme song for this episode. Yeah, absolutely not. Anyway, uh. um, so episode five of Star Wars Vision season one is the ninth Jedi. I thought that was episode nine. <laughs> That's the Rise of Skywalker. Stupid. Actually, it's Arakiri. That was a stupid movie. You're right. Arakiri. What? Arak. Yu Yu Hakusho. <laughs> Kak- Kakarot. Anyway, um, the Saber, or he it's got called The Ninth Jedi. Yeah. It's a great episode. It is a great episode. It is. Potentially my favorite. Um, so yeah, let's just jump right into it. Uh, I love this episode. I honestly, this is an episode that could easily be in the main universe. I don't agree at all. Because there's one fundamental difference in this episode in that lightsabers change color depending on who was holding them. Actually, the biggest fundamental difference is that the lightsabers are not extinct. 
That too. Because the this episode sets up that the that like lightsabers have like disappeared. So okay, this is something I don't think is clear in this episode is the timeline. Because it, it almost feels like this episode could potentially be centuries later. Yeah, not during but the it's still Empire. Mm, is it? So it is possible that lightsabers at some point did go extinct. I wouldn't say that they don't confirm that it's during Empire. Yeah. I thought that there they just say they just reference the Sith. I don't think they yeah, ever no, reference they, they refer- the Empire. Mm-mm. Well then, yeah, but I, I don't think it's important to nail it down to a certain timeline though. Well, well, I was just saying, like, it's possible this is far enough in the future that lightsabers going extinct could have, could be a possibility. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, if you look at the timeline of the EU, where you have, like, the the Brotherhood of the Sith, mm-hmm. and you have, like, Darth Crate and stuff, because that's, like, a hundred yeah, years Cole, after. Cole Skywalker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We were just talking yeah, about this the other I day. Was, I was telling him about how I was... Like, that's... Yeah, that that whole era is like pretty far in the future, but it's not so far like that a, a big change like I extinct think it's lightsabers. Like a couple couple hundred years, yeah. not not a, not a whole like civilizations fall. But I was telling him about this because uh, over the weekend I was looking in like that. I think it was Friday. I was looking into if like lasers can pass through glass and still burn things or ignite mm-hmm. things. You know, because for my OC's lightsaber. And then I was like, okay, cool. So there is a handheld laser that can go through a magnifying glass and burn hotter. <coughs> so what kind of glass-like materials exist in the galaxy far, far away? Come to find out, every single glass in a, the quote-unquote glass in the starship is not glass. It's actually steel. Yeah, I think that's it's, a pretty common, like I, some sort of transparent it's steel. Called, it is literally called transparent steel. Yeah. I think that's a pretty common like trope in sci-fi. I, I I don't know. I usually just think it's space glass, because that is yeah space glass steel. Like, but the idea that it's steel, not it's like, glass. It's a, it's a metal, not an right, actual. Right, because otherwise you're left with the question: Well, like, how come every single time a ship gets shot, the glass doesn't shatter and the whole ship gets vented? Eh. And it's because there's just that idea that it's steel, not glass, so it won't shatter. It's just transparent. Yeah, but see, I mean, or it's glass with a high tensile strength that it's basically steel. That's what I was thinking because not in a whole lot of plausible. Yeah, because I mean, it it, it's it's specifically referred to as as a metal, right? And that kind of surprised me. Anyways, um, yeah, because so uh, Darth Crate memorialized Darth Cole's lightsaber in a transparent steel case. Fun fact. So this is. This episode has one of my favorite moments of the entire show, which is when um, they all get the lightsabers and they all ignite them, and everyone but all Ethan's red, red except Ethan's. That's that is a really good moment. And then you, <laughs> and then the freaking the guy comes out of the robot. Juro. Yeah, and he's, he's oh, got yeah. that green lightsaber that With the like, little, has the like, little ring. extra ring on it. And it's not, like, um, in the hilt. It is, like, outside the hilt. So it's some kind of, like, extra, like, it's a part projection of, of the power. From the crystal. Um, <laughs> but he didn't have a lightsaber. He stole one of the lightsabers that they had, by the way. Exactly, which is which even shows that that little extra ring uh-huh. is from him. It's from him specifically. Right. Mm-hmm. 
Right. They used the same saber, and he didn't. That older one didn't have so it. So now the yeah. question: You guys think that that little ring is like a functional part of the blade? No, I think it's just like a an like an excess power. Something. See, like. I, it's you more know, of like a symbolism of like extra power. See, that's what I think because it's like uh, you know, like in the the original Star Wars movie poster when Luke holding the lightsaber above his head, it has that like big flare at the emitter. To me, it, it's that flare, but they just stylized it because, you know, it's anime. So it has that kind of anime-ish flare to it. I can see that. But it's 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 just to suggest that there's that flare at the base of the blade. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I also... I, I agree. But it also, it, it harkens to... I can't remember the word for it, but it's the that small, round... Suba. Suba. The this cross guard for, on it. For a, the katana? Yeah. It's a suba. I want a real katana so bad. Um... Also, when the 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 tall one, his his saber, Hosen, 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 yeah. his saber mid fight turns purple. Yes, like well, it I shows his struggle exactly. Yeah, and then I sh- well the fact that it's purple. Period. Purple's a um, great lightsaber blade color. Which hold on, hold on, hold on. It just on. looks cool. Yes. No. Yeah. No. I wanna paint, I wanna believe that cool. I wanna believe that because of the because of the. The fact that the, the saber is cover, colored by the person's force, that purple then would be a in between blue and red in this yeah. universe. Um, well, it almost is in the 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 main universe because exactly uh, because Mace Windu does walk the line between light and yeah. dark with the yeah. pod, and so I I just really like that moment when he kind of turns and Jiro's like, we, you know, we we know this isn't the real you, and then he like turns back to their side, which is just so it was so great. Yeah, because didn't he say that he had because he had been in their presence for so long it started to corrupt him. Yeah, you said that uh, he lost his way due to like all the dark side energy that was around him. Yeah, which makes me wonder if he was uh, infiltrating the Sith. Mm-hmm. Could have been as a covert Jedi. That's just a pretty cool idea. Yeah, because he does say towards the end that uh, he learned that uh, the actual Jedi that got their me- that got his message were killed by them. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they impersonated them. So you can either lead to assume that that was Hosen that gave him that information, and then on the trip there, being around that much energy, just kind of corrupted him. I mean, Hosen could have even betrayed fellow Jedi. Yeah, and yeah. that's how the other Sith got their spots. Yeah, I want, I want this anime or novel so bad because they just set up some great dynamics like one lajima is not uh, not necessarily dead um he's just captured also quick side note lajima is voiced by simu Lim, uh simu liu i believe is how you pronounce it um the guy that plays shang chi yeah and and he voices lajima i don't think there's any other big actors which one was lajima the the the, 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 the saber smith oh the, the saber smith okay yeah. yeah i don't think he's dead either uh i, didn't, the, I didn't think he was dead they even t- they even commented on like he was taken someplace. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like they're gonna and go they, find him. They're gonna go find him. Which like, is why I wanted a sequel. Yeah, I want it so bad. Like they're, this would work as an. I would watch this anime. I would too. They're they're using him to make more lightsabers for others. Yeah, because mm-hmm. like they set it up so well. Of like, um, you have Juro, who is like the old, jaded but still powerful Jedi. Yeah, you have Ethan, who is the like. The newcomer who has no experience. He does not. A he he doesn't know. Darn thing during well, he, that doesn't, fight. he doesn't know anything. And then you have uh, Kara, who is like a prodigy. 
who like she she doesn't have a like she doesn't have a her color yet, but she has like really she's like amazing she, skill for her age. She's really good with a lightsaber. Exactly, and In then the speeder. Dude, just I just want to take a shout out to Production IG with that's the studio that did yeah. the Ninth Jedi and um, they've done other stuff. They did uh they did the seven uh they did Samurai Seven, which was an anime based off of Seven the Seven Samurai, and it was like cyberpunky neo futuristic. It was really good. Um, uh, they they're just a top tier animation studio. Just like Trigger, like man, they they got a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like that 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 speeder scene where she just like straight up gets off of it and then I liked how the speeder slowed down and came to a stop when uh-huh. she got off. I like how if you notice during that scene specifically her lightsaber doesn't cut. It doesn't cut. Oh, while it's transparent. While it's transparent it doesn't cut. Hmm. Like you do not like you see her hit the speeder but when that speeder turns around there's nothing. There's no, there's, I did not notice there's that. no burn mark. I that was like the one I could watch today because Disney Plus was acting really wacky today. Um, it it doesn't cut. So she hit that with so much force that I guess on the ice it didn't have any traction. From... I mean, it's a speeder. It has no traction anywhere. <laughs> but yeah, she clotheslined the speeder. It, she did. She yeah. she straight up you know Babe Ruth that boy. <laughs> but it, yeah, it just has a, it has a great setup for like a season one is finding Lajima, season two is they find Lajima, and someone probably dies in like rescuing him, and then it's the whoever the three are left going and like taking down whatever the evil in power is. Like Typ- who, who do you think should die Jiro. to save him? It would be it would be Jiro. The typical storytelling when when Star and Star Wars would get. I would Jiro. I would say the other guy, Hosen. Ethan Hosen. I would, it was either it was either Hosen or Jiro. That would be his redemptive sacrifice. I could see that, or I could see Jiro and his, saving the Sabersmith to pass it on. You know what I mean? That, yeah. but I could see I could see uh, Hosen sacrificing himself, and his like, like right before he dies, his saber turns blue or green. Or green, or it turns orange, or orange. Orange would probably make the most sense, I think. Oh, it'd be so nice because it's it's it is Jedi Sentinels who tend to be more covert. Yep, and so and they tend to have the orange blades. So I thought Sentinels were yellow. In Kotor one, it was yellow, but it was colored orange. Yeah, it's yellow, orange, those kind of warm but not red colors. Yeah. Ah. They, they lean more towards like. Uh, you know, like Jedi hunters, where they hunt the Sith. Yeah, and, and you know they're a covert order that only the High Council knows. And then you of. have, then you have Quinlan Vos. Uh, no, another notable thing about this episode: Red Lightning. Yes. yes, I. The only other Sith I know of by name that has that is Darth um, Tenebris. It would have yeah. been really funny if you got his name right there. Wait, is it Tenebris? Mm. Uh, Plagueis's Ter- master. Terabrine. But uh, Quinn the boss does have red lightning. Quinn, he does? Yeah, he uses oh Sith gosh. lightning, and it's like the one time he uses lightning, it's red. That yeah. makes Quinlan Voss much cooler to me. I always imagined, Of course it would. I always imagined that my Sith character had red force lightning. And yeah, not... it was Darth Tenebris, Darth Plagueis. Okay, because there's, there's Darth Te- uh, Tenebris, Thanaton, and then... He was the same race as the... The um, 
the the jizz band. Yeah, Bith. Yeah. Anyway, um, any other comments about the the ninth Jedi before we move on? I just want to give a warning to the fans. We will likely not talk no- about. Oh wow, we won't talk as much about Akiri or Akakiri, whatever it is, because the other four episodes in this block are amazing, and we have a lot more to say about them than that one, which was pretty mid. Which one was that? The last one. I don't remember it. I'll. To be honest, I'll recap it for you when what, we get there. Well, what's I, I I didn't have time to. Watch, I'll recap it for you when we get there. To rewatch, but right now we're gonna have to talk about Toby. I love Toby. I like the story of Toby. Just the the artwork of it. The second time watching it, I liked it a lot the first time, but the second time watching it, I don't know what it was, but I didn't. I wasn't a huge fan of the artwork. I can see that. Like, I like that kind of Astro Boy Mega Man style of, like, character where he's a little robot with the kind of blockier shaped arms and legs. But it was mostly all the little droids Yeah. in the shop. They were a little too, um, like, pet-like. I'm sorry, I take that back. He did not. The only confirmed person to use red lightning with Darth was Darth Rays during the New Jedi Order. Who? Darth Rays. He was some dude... Well, Tenor versus EU. He's not. Anyway. Um, That's the sun. Brady's pulling up pictures of red lightning and anyway, the sun. Um, Excuse me. <laughs> as a quick... Uh, you Okay, is the name Masako Naz, Na, Nozawa mean anything to you guys? Say it again. Masako Nozawa? Masako Nozawa? I'm sorry. That's Goku's voice actress, bro. Okay, so she voices Toby in Japanese. I gotta go back and watch this in Japanese. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, dude, I cannot imagine him just sounding like Goku. I mean, honestly, I didn't even know they had this in, in Japanese. Well, it's or I would have watched it It's not it listed Japanese. as Japanese. It's listed as the... Ken, Kenji? Kanji? Ka- kanji. Kanji, sorry. It's listed as the Kanji characters. It's not under Japanese. It's under... The kanji characters that mean Japanese. Play, play, play yeah, a clip. I'd play, have a clip. I'd have, play a clip in Japanese. I want to hear I'd have been able Toby. to read it. I say. don't know if I'm signed in on this device. Oh, you can play like a YouTube clip. I imagine it's on YouTube. Yeah. Oh, I am. Never mind. Of course you would be. Dude, yeah. I want to. I want to hear her. Yeah, she. Uh, she voices Goku. She also voices every single member of Goku's family except Raditz. So she voices Gohan, Goten. And uh, Bardock. Mm-hmm. And they all have different sounds. She's like 80 years old. <laughs> That's so Goku, dude. That's straight up Goku. <laughs> anyway. So oh, bring me, bring me yeah, childhood just, memories That's here. the celebrity... That's the celebrity put for this. Uh, Kyle Chandler plays Mitaka in the English version. Um, our fans might know who that is. I recognize his face. I don't know what he's from. Anyway, uh, but I really loved this episode. Um, I really like the design of the Dark Jedi. I don't know if I'd call him. He was like a droid, kind of. Kind of. Almost, yeah. You could tell because he had teeth and it looked like he had saliva. They looked metallic. They did, but, you know, I mean... 
We also got to see a T16 Skyhopper. Loved that. Yeah. Love me a T16. I I liked the symbolism of this episode. Hey? Yes. It, the 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 art style was a little iffy. I I preferred some of the other art styles, but the the story on this one, the first time around, I, I wasn't a huge fan of it. But like, I think I appreciate story more now because this one like was amazing. Yeah, and a, a lot of the the biggest thing I love about it the most is that it it shows that droids have life. Yeah, which Star Wars, for a lackluster way, does not do a good job of doing it. Yeah, uh, though I would I'm personally of the opinion that. Some droids are sentient and some are not. I mean, uh, yeah. Like astromechs, I would say, are not until they've gone long enough without a memory wipe. Yeah, That's what I was about to say. Is I, I believe that no droid is sentient until they go so long without a memory wipe. Because it's supposed to be routine to make a memory wipe for droids right. because they have, quote-unquote, malfunction in the they code. They develop personality, personality. quirks. Like personality the, um, the T3 unit in Coder 2... Mm-hmm. On Citadel Station, you know it's it's considered to have personality quirks, which is explains its behavior when you take control of it for that yeah. part of the game. Yeah. But uh, like I'd say, protocol droids though are like off the factory line, sentient, close to, mm-hmm. like they're very close to it, and that's because they're a protocol droid and they need to they interact. Need to have, with... They need to have a, like an emotional value to them to translate. Yeah. Yeah. But like an astromech droid or those little. Uh, Pit droids, not the pit droids, but the um, they're the little like minivan droids on the mouse droids. Yeah, mouse droid. How did you forget mouse droids? Because I like they, thought it might be mouse droids. I'm like, no, oh, there's no way he forgot mouse droids. Yeah, I know. I, I I'm even now thinking of the robot chicken skit where there's a little mouse alien <laughs> driving it inside, <laughs> which might be why I thought of it as the minivan droid. <laughs> but those little droids, like, they're not sentient. They're just well, they're alarms. Yeah. And, and they kind of are like, uh, what is it? And um, have you seen watched the season finale for the Mandalorian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when like he like, ki- like kind of backs out and then yeah. he like comes up and then he immediately turns around and then goes in. There's like a a, a whole squad of them. <laughs> like they swarm on R five. It's Delta yeah. Squad. Yeah. <laughs> Mouse droid unit. <laughs> yeah, so, biker mice. Like, my, I would watch that anime. <laughs> biker mice from Mars. <laughs> <laughs> Josiah laughs because he doesn't realize that's actually a cartoon. Uh, I I recognize the format of the title. Yeah, as a cartoon from the eighties, like you know, like street, street Sharks. Oh my God, Street Sharks! I'll, I'll bring you some. You know, Dude, I watch Street Sharks almost religiously. Blast as a kid. from the past, bro. Not my past. That and anyway, the uh, Captain America. What was it? A not Captain TMNT America. cartoon uh, that had the dinosaur characters. Was that a spinoff of TMNT? Uh, not in the early TMNT. In the two thousand, they had there was a dinosaur species on an alien planet in the two thousand two yeah. show. But it was TMNT, Captain Planet. That's what I was thinking of, Captain Planet. Oh my god, Don! There was like there was like a no, triceratops. No, no, there was a, <laughs> a triceratops species in the two thousands. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they also, in in that whole, like, arena bit that they had, you get to see, yeah. um, his name's not Yojimbo, uh, the author that did... Stan Lee? No, God. that did the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. 
Oh. Uh, he drew another comic of a rabbit samurai, and he also pops up in that. Oh, no. I know all about the rabbit samurai. Okay, so I, you, you, his name's not Yojimbo, but he has an actual name. I, it's, it's Yo something. I love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, no. Especially that arc with the rabbit samurai, who is one of my favorite characters. Yeah, he's a. I love I loved that inclusion of another character that had no reason to exist in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles universe. There was a crossover between Usagi Yojimbo and the TMNT. It's it's Miyamoto Usagi, yeah. Though he's like a rabbit, yeah. Miyamoto oh. Usagi, yeah. That's 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 a it's a cross, but Miyamoto Musashi, Musashi, yeah. Okay, he's a Miyamoto Musashi. He, he appears in the American comic book Usagi, uh, Usagi Yojimbo. Yeah. Okay. Created by Stan Sakai. Yeah. And so then, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, then. I have the I have the the omnibuses. For oh, the, that's cool. Oh, he was in the '87 series. My uncle. Got oh, nice. The, my uncle no got me the omnibuses for Christmas. That's bad. Oh that's, my that's bad gosh. They're they're really cool. I enjoy reading them. He was in the '87 series. Yeah, they the the, the in, in the manga the the. Do they cross over in the manga? Uh huh. That's Whoa, cool. Yeah. I did not realize that. Oh, look that. at that. We're learning something else. The, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles has also, since I'm a huge Mighty Morphin Power Ranger fan, uh, they have had steady crossovers over the years with Mighty Morphin. Yeah. They've they crossed over not, with... They, they have not just done comics. They have done live-action crossovers. Really? Oh, nice. Yes. I didn't know they did a live-action. And, action. and uh, Power Rangers Lost Galaxy, they did a full-on arc where they Dang. were where they were recruited by the villain at that time you know, and they told honestly, that the Power Rangers were bad and they went up against them. This is one of the things that makes TMNT so cool is that they actively do those crossovers uh-huh. with a bunch of unrelated characters and stories. Yeah. So fun fact, they they have a very, very dynamic relationship with uh the Power Rangers. As I well. guess that means that Power Rangers and Yojimbo can have crossovers. They too. could. They could. So I did really enjoy the uh, the way that he that Toby like decided to like carry on the like instead of just like f- taking his newfound freedom and just going and yeah, exploring he lived, the galaxy. He, he finished his masters. He finished his masters work, and then he's like, "All right, now we can take this to other planets." Mm-hmm. Yeah, like let's go do that. Like that is his mission. Like that is. Yeah. It was a great episode. God, it was, that almost made me cry. I cannot remember the character or from what show, but that professor reminds me so much. Astro Boy. He is a that Toby is a cross amalgamation between animations of Mega Man and Doctor Light. What is Astro Boy's name? Astro. His name's Astro Boy. No, yeah. but he has a. But uh, the the scientist that helped create him was what the whole Mega Man and Doctor Light dynamic was off of Astro Boy. It's not that. I know it's not that. There's another kind of like shorter, older, with a lot of like big floofy hair. That it, I cannot remember what it was, but it was something I really enjoyed as a kid. And the Doctor character really reminds me of his that name character. In, his name in the, in the movie adaptation is Toby. Which is probably why they, why it was T O B one, and then later he says Toby. Yeah, because I thought that sounded familiar. So it's just it's straight up just Astro Boy. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, with Mega Man influences. Yeah. That's why this is a alternate universe. Yeah. I, episode. I, I grew up watching. Me- I I grew up painfully watching Mega Man and playing Mega Man because there was a very bad cartoon in the. Oh, God. Have you seen the um, the Mega Man songs on YouTube? No. It's a lot of a lot did of you, nostalgic. 
I have to show today. them to you. You're gonna love them. All right. Anyways, before we get to this, did you guys notice uh, the 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 seagulls um, reference at the no. at the end of the at the no. final episode of The Mandalorian? No. Yeah, I, I didn't notice it until I saw like it get brought up, but then I was like, oh shit! No Wait, as in, freaking yeah, way! Like, yeah, like Yoda. yeah, like yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> seagulls! Yeah. There's no. What the was it? What was it? It's when he goes to the rebel base to get that IG unit head. There are. S- what is, just, okay, what is the reference? There's just seagulls. There's seagulls, and it's like it, the like the scenes line up to his lyrics. No. No oh way! No like seagulls way. walking on the beach. No. <laughs> <laughs> I have to look this up now. Anyway, oh, we gotta, we gotta keep moving. We gotta keep moving. Oh my uh, god! Any final I just point? wanted to bring that up. Final comments I'm on glad Toby. You did. Before uh, we move on, Toby was really beautiful. Um, yeah. As far as you were, you saying the art style kind of was a hit or miss. I loved the art style. I loved the like stippling. Um, I loved the color palette. I love the color palette. I love that the a lot of the background, the way it moved, is like it was stippled with a sponge. Yeah, no, like so mm-hmm. the the rain was great too. Yes, yeah. The oh yeah, the, the the only thing about this art style is that I thought the droids were a little too cutesy. We did talk about that, but uh, that's about it because I I like the character designs. Mm-hmm. They they remind me a lot of like, uh, certain Studio Ghibli characters where yeah. they're very yeah like the soot sprites. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or the and, Kodama. And the... This cute little booty. Yeah. What are the little Prince white Mononoke? spirits? Those Pr- are the, the Kodama. The Kodama, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I'm going to yeah. say this, and then we're going to move on to the next episode. I have never watched a Studio Ghibli film. We're getting there. I have most of them on Blu-ray. I know. They're on also HBO Max. I'm going to watch them. I just have not gotten around to it. Okay, That's... you're not allowed to watch them without Brady and I. Yeah, you're not because uh, if you watch Nasca and the Valley of the Wind or Princess Mononoke without me, I will strangle you. Yeah, if you okay. watch Kiki they Spirited also, they come or back Totoro. To, they come to Cinemark fairly regularly. Um, fun fact, uh, Nasca was his very first work because it was his original manga, which yeah. I own. Totoro was the first one I ever saw when I was four. So like uh, I Mononoke said, was mine. we're going to move on. Um, the Elder. I think Amazing. I, I think I can confidently say this is my favorite episode. <sighs> Me too. I, so, I love so, The so, Elder's so, character. It's not mine. It's not, I, we, 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 so we did that over the last episode. So but. I watched this episode in English. The voice actors for this one are James Hong I don't know for The is. Elder. James Hong is Poe's dad. He plays Poe's dad in Kung oh, Fu Panda. Uh, He's Mr. Ping. Mr. Ping. In Kung Fu Panda. Um, he does a lot more than that. He oh, does he's a, a lot more than he that. He is but, in like 500 credits on IMDb. No, yeah. He it's is, ins- And he's, he's still making he stuff. Is, he is the like... Shout out to him. He's also in his early 90s. Yeah, no. Yeah, he, dude. He's, he uh, like he's the, the main... And he's the emperor in Big Trouble in Little China with Kurt Russell. Yeah, he's also the... Um, Big Trouble in Little China is he's one the, of his main credits. He is the emperor's aide in Mulan. Yes. You can have his. Job. I have a wife. Yeah, he's all he's all over. Dude, I loved him. Um, oh, he's so animated good. everything, man. The yes. only one that loves him is his mother. <laughs> <laughs> I am sorry, there are no open positions, Your Highness. Okay, you can have his job. Oh, what? James Hong is cool. No, yeah, yes. James Hong is great. Absolutely love that. And then, so the the master and pattern one were David Harbor. Um, David is, Harbor sounds familiar. David Harbor is 
He hasn't seen Str- He hasn't seen Stranger Things. So David Harbour is Hopper. Uh, he he's was also Red Guardian in Black Pan in Black Widow. He was Hellboy in the newer Hellboy movie, the 2014 remake. I I know I know the face, but I have seen absolutely nothing other he's, than the other than the one-off episode of SVU that he is in. Yep, where he <laughs> plays a retard. I love I love David <gasps> Harbour. You can't say the, the R uh, word. He plays a specially, uh, a mentally challenged per- individual. A uniquely in enabled. Con- I think. In that- oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uniquely abled. Enabled. Anyway, the Padawan is voiced by Jordan Fisher. You guys probably won't know him. He was in Disney Channel a few years ago. What's that name? Uh, Jordan Fisher. Doesn't He's got sound a familiar. Killer singing voice. Anyway, um, so I loved the cast of this one, uh, but this. One of the one of the big details that I f- just saw and I was like, oh, I noticed that is that he used uh, the master used Qui Gon's form um, when he was I don't know what oh, form I it is. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. But as it, right as he was about to fight the Elder, he went into like Qui Gon's starting stance. Right. And did the Padawan live? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah, he did. That's what I remember. Yeah, he threw uh, his lightsaber towards the end that gave. Uh, Gave it, it gave it gave the master the advantage to win. Yeah. Oh man. It, th- it threw the elder off guard and yeah. Um, I there are a couple things that I love this episode. Don't get me wrong. It's yeah, not, it's, yeah, yeah. It's not my favorite by far because Tattoo and Rhapsody rubbed off on me. Yeah. Real hard this yeah, last yeah. watching. But, Absolutely. You know what I love? But I love I love a couple things. I love that he, pred- he allegedly predates the Sith. Yep. In some mm-hmm. shape or form. Meaning he is older than what is now to be called the Prime Jedi. Let's not bring that up. I, uh, anyways, he he's he's a part of that. I liked that his lightsabers had actual edges. Yeah, while the yeah. other two were more like the fencing stance, right? Yeah. Fencing blade. Um, uh, he had a flare on the emitter as well that maintained. Yeah. Um, he used a very uh, traditional style of two hand, uh, two sword fighting. Yep. Two, yes. two samurai. Um, it was it was very traditional. I loved his. I can't remember what they're called, but they're the little Ta- uh, shotos. No, no, no. The uh, the sandals. Oh, uh, chunkless. No, there, there was it. No. It's togi sandals. Something like that. With yeah. the with the two wooden blocks. Yeah. Um, was, uh, I can't remember what they're called. I know what you're talking about though. Jiraiya uses them in Naruto. Um. I love how this. Oh, that was a Naruto. This episode, this episode perfectly symbolized. Like we've seen plenty of great representations of counselors and guardians. This episode just hammers down on it again. Like the 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 Jedi counselor master who's like, be careful. Mm -hmm. But he's also willing to let his Padawan like, hey, like, yeah, go explore the mountain, learn a hard lesson. I wouldn't say he's a he's a counselor. Was his was he not green? No, he was green, but I wouldn't. I would not. I would see. I would not. I would not allege him to a counselor. See, to me, he's like halfway between Qui Gon and Kenobi. Yes, I, I I akin him a lot to Qui Gon, and I would not attribute Qui Gon to counselor. I would attribute Qui Gon to a guardian, but is more focused on the Force than martial fighting. That's a debate for another episode. It, it is. is. Any, anyways, <laughs> um, when we do our four episode series on Qui Gon, yes, um, Qui Gon's a deep, he's a deep yeah. dive. He is. Um, this the elder. What I love about him is that he is like the epitome of one half of the Sith. Yeah, because you have the Sith are 
they are very political, very scheming, but they're also like brute force power. They they love to lure into traps, and he reminds me of that Darth Maul fan film. Yes, I have. Yes, where he's just he's being all dark side in like a forest. Yep. Yeah, in order to lure Jedi to him, and then he kills them all, and that's like his shtick on this planet, and that's. You know, he was expecting this Jedi and his Padawan to show up. And he was laying a trap for them. And it's... You haven't seen that Darth Maul fan film? Mm-hmm. You, It's awesome really, really good. Really, we, I stumbled upon it years ago. It was yeah, great. me too. It's it's amazing. Uh, it's like I said, very for, well produced. Like I said, for about 11 years, my love for Star Wars was buried and almost died. So. Yeah, this... Uh, so <laughs> the, the, the Darth Maul, though, is slightly different. Because it's more of he's in training on this world mm-hmm. and Palpatine, you know, gives him a message that says, I'm sending some Jedi your way. Prove yourself worthy to, you know, continue being my apprentice, essentially. And he just challenges him. And so he just lies in wait for these Jedi to show up on this planet. Mm-hmm. And this this episode of Visions, it's the reason why the Jedi there are, is different, but it's the same thing. The Sith is there lying in wait to ambush Jedi in order to prove his strength. Because mm-hmm. he's literally like, all he's doing is he wants to fight someone that's more powerful than him. Yeah. Like, that's his whole thing. Which, you know, and that's another thing is just like, my philosophy when it comes to like, sports fencing ah. Ah. is... <laughs> that's not... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, because you know, as a fencer, my thing was like, I'll only get better if I fence fencers who are better than me. Because they give me something to push for. Something to strive towards. Yeah. A, go- a goal to... So, like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. That whole idea of, like, the Elder wanting to be a better swordsman and a better duelist, he's pulling in good Jedi duelists to fight against. I think this might be the episode that falls most within the Star Wars universe as we know it. I agree. This yeah. one this one could be an episode of Clone Wars. Like It could. Change the art style and that's all you have to change. The only the only thing is this, the elder would be then a fallen Jedi. Someone's knocking on the door of the studio, next door to us. Yep, we, we have we have multiple studios. It must here. be recording like a drum part or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I loved this episode. The fight choreography was it was very it was simple. It wasn't like super over the top. It it reminded me a lot of. Phantom Menace, because um, it wasn't as over the top of like Revenge of the Sith. Definitely not nearly as much as like Clone Wars and some of the other episodes in this series. But um, it was very simple. It wasn't quite as traditional samurai as. So the one thing it, we'll talk about Akakiri or Ak- whatever it is, the last episode we'll talk about in a little bit. The combat was very traditional, and I really enjoyed it. And the other. In yeah. the, the last episode, I do not remember half Akakiri. about the episode. I haven't. I'll talk oh, about it when we get there. I'll talk about is that the one where it's like the the guy turns to the dark side to save his lover, and then yeah, that's and how it ends. Like the like the big giant of a Sith lady. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I anyway. Okay, yeah. Um. Yeah. I love the Elder. It was great. Elder was is my favorite because of the art style, because of the characterization of the Sith, and the combat scene was great. What? You mean he died? The elder? I want to know why his body crumbled away. Flavor. No. Oh, I figured it was more of like a. Because like when Yoda dies, he just simply vanishes and becomes one with the Force. So I figured this guy 
it was like that, but it was more of a uh, Voldemort situation. I haven't where, seen. Oh, granted, Voldem- I know he dies, but Voldemort he he basically Thanoses himself. Uh, and when I don't he feel dies, so good, Harry Potter. Yeah, when he when he dies, <laughs> he turns into like all this ash. <laughs> All right, I, uh, who's the better? Who's the better Dumbledore? First Dumbledore, second Dumbledore. First, thank you so much. I no love hesitation. Not a not a single pout. First Dumbledore by yeah, far. Josiah, I've only seen the movies once, so it's I, just, I don't think I have enough. To... It's very sad that he passed away. It is. Yeah, though I'll say like he Michael Gambon ca- didn't do bad. He just couldn't quite fill the shoes. Yeah. The. Um, of the original guy. He was in The Count of Monte Cristo. Have you seen that? I haven't. He dug his way out of a prison on an island with a spoon. I love Count of Monte Cristo. Have you seen The Count of Monte Cristo? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so good. My mom showed it to me when I was like 14. I was like, this is amazing. Hey, do that. Play as the Count. Uh, that's Jim... Jim Caviezel. Who plays uh, Jesus in The Passion of the Christ. He does. Yep. Yeah. Gets the crap beat out of him for an hour and a half. Uh, yeah, with uh, Cat of Nine Tails and Glass Yards. And Romans get to watch. And yep. have erections. And also, wait, did, you say, was... did you say Romans or Bromans? Romans. Romans. I heard random, Bromans. Random <laughs> observation of that movie. Um, they're supposed to lash him 39 times because that's the 40 lashes will kill a man. So they lash him 30. They lash him over 70 times. I counted. In the movie? In the movie. He is lashed. That's over exaggeration, I think. Yes. But like, I. Well, it's a movie. If you, they're if not you watch lashes. or listen. Uh, you he gets lashed over seventy times. Well, I, I'm glad that I'm not a devout Christian. I Actually, pay it's, attention to that. It's a hundred because it's oh, thirty with go. like the leather, and then another seventy with like the the, cat the metal cat of nine tails. Yeah. Anyway, uh, there was welcome one back with, to our Passion of the Christ podcast. <laughs> there was one with there was one with glass in it. Yeah, I remember that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, oh. yeah. That's a painful. Yeah, one. yeah I, I would I would take just the regular leather all day. Yep. Over the glass. Oh. Yeah, dude. Uh, have you been cut by glass? Have you been cut by glass just, like that? I was just that? making a joke about you saying you'd rather. Then, have and this the is leather. and this is why and this is why you're not alpha. <laughs> <laughs> you can't edit this out and then make. You need to make her listen to this episode. Okay, whoa, stop. We're not. No, leave it in. This is what Josiah's up to nowadays. <laughs> not being alpha. Anyway, um, still don't know what that means. Anyways, uh, I, guys, I'm final just, I'm comments just, I'm on the elder. Um, it was good. Yeah. I, it's it, amazing. It's one of the. This is another one of the mini visions shorts. Honestly, that deserve more. I enjoyed the music in this one too. You know how people. Music, music good. Yeah, you know how people theorize like what would Yoda be like if he fell to the dark side? That old man. No, he would be this. This elder is how I feel like he, he would, would be. just be Dark Yoda from season six of Clone Wars. That was more of a to me. That seemed more of a maniacal kind of evil. Anyway, um, Lope and is it Ocho or Oko? Ocho, Ocho, Lope and Oko, Ocho. I'm sorry. This one. Um, how, how is it pronounced earlier? Masaka Nazowu. Something like that. Nazawa. I'm sorry. Masako Nazawa. I'm sorry. It's okay. As as we as we learn. As you learn by watching shows with us, you will learn how yes. to pronunciate Japanese names. Yes. I can lend you my Japanese textbooks. I can pronounce Pronounce Oh, jeez. You can pronounce nothing, <laughs> clearly. 
I can pronunciate some of them. Uh huh. Like, I can't even pronunciate. Pronunciate. I don't know. Like playing any- Ghost of Tsushima helped. I got kind of used to the, the names in that culture after that, but not well, enough apparently. No, it's okay. I mean, you just you don't have a, a lifetime of exposure like me and Steven do. Um, it's a pretty long lifetime too. Even if I had had a lifetime, it wouldn't be as long as yours. Wow, thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm not a- <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Anyway, anyways. Um, why do you snap? You're just going to throw a TIE fighter in there anyways. So I can, so I don't have to listen to the whole episode. But we're still going to hear the snaps. No, I haven't out the snaps now. Because uh, you complained about it last time. And I then, didn't complain. I pointed it out. And then now it's just a TIE fighter sound, which is pretty, pretty... <laughs> <laughs> Just a heads up, guys. When you hear a TIE fighter, it means one of the boys said a wordy dirt. <laughs> a, a wordy word. dirt. A wordy dirt. A, wor- a wordy dirt. Maybe I'm not alpha. <laughs> <laughs> now now he figured out what it means. Wordy dirt. Um, it's okay, it's, a, it's a lop. It's lop and ocho. Lop and ocho. I you know much like you know much like the I number eight loved. in Spanish. I absolutely love the art. Loved this. I loved it. This was my favorite art style of the whole series. This yeah. was this this was my original favorite before Tatooine Rhapsody rubbed off on mm-hmm. me. I, I loved the character design. I love the character so. design. I love the back to traditional now, like Japanese influenced roots. Yep. Lop could easily easily be Yojimbo's sister. I would I would buy that. This would have the best crossover potential. <gasps> I mean, amazing crossover. Calm down, calm down, Josiah. Oh, that might be my favorite fan theory. Because when time. I saw I think this just episode, made... I immediately thought of Usagi Yojimbo. Tie fighter. <laughs> I immediately thought of Yojimbo, and I'm like, oh, the potential. Um, oh, they should have just. I mean, I I love that they were like a, a like a, a, a like shogunate family, and yeah, that yeah. is like a remnant of a family fighting against the empire. Right. It it was like straight up. Like now was this feudal Japan? Yeah, like, yeah straight yeah, yeah. up feudal Japan. Yeah, and, now, then, this... and then like the Jedi came to this planet and gave them the lightsaber. So was this Empire or Imperial Remnant? No, it was Empire. It was Empire. Okay. It, this is this is in this universe. It is during Empire. Okay, because and, she uh, goes to work. Uh, his daughter goes to work for the Empire during even, their reign. I didn't even realize the symbolism for like feudal japan and like oh the, dude this oh, this sam- the samurai family standing up to the empire doing yeah the actual yeah. oh my god yeah then that's japanese history that, that, that is, is actual that is japanese, japanese history. history this this episode that's crazy. is other other than the duel with the kurosawa film this is the most japanese root style yeah episode yeah because this is all about the samurai well, even resisting, the, even resisting, the film, resisting the empire and its rule. Because right. even the Kurosawa, the um, the Ronin, it's more of a reference to Kurosawa's films. Yeah, but like this is like a straight up reference to Japanese history. Oh yeah, yeah. this is which is geez, this is that's... the futuristic Meiji period. Exactly, because that's when the samurai were no longer allowed to carry katanas. Carry yeah, and. Because the, the military, because the, the Tanegashima and the guns were employed at that that's time. That's why the sword is hidden away. And the military is taking over with guns and gatlings and cannons because they're westernizing. Uh huh. And Japan at this point is very imperialistic, and they've got <sighs> they've got designs on Korea and China, and Korea and China are still using, you know, bow and arrow and sword, 
And so Japan is like, we're going to westernize and we're going to start using muskets and these things that are brand new Gatlings. Yeah. yeah. The howitzer Jeez. and the, cr- the crank. The, the samurai Bro. are and like. They, they illegalized sh- the katana and the samurai were outdated and that became a very. A very toxical feud against what was a right. nation that was grounded in its roots yeah. from something that was li- like Japanese people were as the f- the moment they could wield a weapon, they wielded the katana. Yeah, that's so, how ingrained it was into their chemistry. And, and now they're like getting rid of this. And this episode is literally just the Meiji period yeah. in Star Wars. That's yeah, so cool. Mm-hmm. This episode just jumped way up in Which, my rankings. Uh-huh. It reminded me a lot of a Roken. Fun fact, I have been to the Meiji Shrine in Tokyo. I I hate that you've been there. Anyways, I mentioned to Josiah that we are not having a celebration in 2024. However, we are having one in 2025, and it is in Tokyo, Japan. Well, it's not in Tokyo. It's in Japan. saving money. No, it's next to Tokyo in Japan. Exactly. Tokyo is a massive city. Exactly. We're going to Tokyo. I, like, I'm, dude, I've never been to Japan. I want to be to, I want to go to Okinawa so bad. But we've got this guy who could fairly well guide us kind of around. Kind of, yeah. Uh-huh. I just, I, I, I can, just want to go order the, food I, for you guys at restaurants. I just want to go to the Monster Hunter Cafe. Guys. I want to go Taco. Taco. I thought I'm you were going to say Taco Cabana. <laughs> I, I imagine they ha- I'm going to do Cabana. the world of honor and disappear. Because Has, actually, taco restra- tacos are becoming bigger in Japan. Have you seen do McDonald's? Do corn tortillas or wonton tortillas? Or wonton shells? Get out. <laughs> oh, I've had a taco with a wonton shell. It was really good. They they use corn and flour tortillas. Oh. Like straight up Mexican like street tacos are becoming a thing in Japan. Oh, Probably that's better than cool. roses. Yeah, I know. <laughs> roses is not true. Is not authentic <laughs> Mexican food. It's trash. Um, it is. It's mediocre white people Mexican food. Like it's just Tex-Mex. Yeah, it's not even good Tex-Mex. No, I have. I went to Roses once. 20 years ago and I was like never again yeah it's hard for me to eat Tex-Mex after working at 84 for so long we had that food truck (laughs) that rope up at like 7 o'clock in the morning I love Mexican food it's hard it's hard too man chicken tinga freaking phenomenal barbacoa with some limon it's Mm. not Mexican it's not traditional Mexican but I am a big fan of chimichangas I'm not a chimichanga guy I love them I'm a big quesadilla guy I, like, I if we're going you know like if we're going like other foods, I'm a big fajita guy. I like fajitas quite a fajita's bit. Fajita's not bad. Uh, I do. I love queso flamiato. That's good. Queso flamiato, but with chorizo, is so good. Menudo. If they if you, if you get it though, despacito. It's not real queso flamiato <laughs> unless they they do the flames at the table. Really? Yeah. If if they if they don't burn your eyebrows off, it's not real. Yeah, well, that, that's they just I, stick it under a warmer until the cheese melts. If they do it in the kitchen, that's gross. But when they bring it, if they do it at the table, then you know they've put the tequila on it and that they lit yeah. the tequila and the, it's the fire from the tequila melting the cheese. Yeah, and that's plus it's also part of like the the experience of queso flamiato is seeing it burst into flame and then they mix the cheese mm-hmm. in with the chorizo while it's still on fire. Sounds so good. I know. I need to go to, need to, go to Taqueria Monterey. It's a really good Mexican place. I've been there. School. I, have not, I have not been there. Their carne asada tortas are amazing. Yeah. Well, their quesadillas Well, we'll have to go there one Monday. Yeah. Maybe we can go there on the 4th. That's a Thursday, and I will be out of town. Uh, yeah. 
Where are you going to be at, huh? Uh, well, t- t- not technically. I'll be at Camp Copas for my closing retreat. All right, can we get back to our Mexican food podcast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I did mention Manudo earlier. Yeah. <laughs> um, I loved, I loved the final fight between uh, Lop and Ocho. Uh, it was great. Oh, Ocho, that's where we got sidetracked. Um, <laughs> I, I mentioned I mentioned the number eight in Spanish earlier, yeah. and that's how we got to touch. I mentioned how much I love like lightsabers that are shaped like a blade like actual katana yeah and mm-hmm. so like absolutely loved that i loved the whole scene of him like giving her the lightsaber yeah like the traditional like passing down the, yep. the like the head family they him like accepting her as like okay you are like like you were you've been adopted but you are my daughter yeah it, oh, it you are so now good. considered head of the clan yeah yeah, yeah. it was so it reminds good. me of um zvp i showed it to you mm-hmm. i didn't show it to you Show it was it. absolutely ridiculous. It was absolutely, but it was amazing. I loved how the uh, the Empire like general was very like stereotypical anime villain. Oh yeah, like he was like straight out of like like a Persona game or something. Like the man was just like very over the top and dramatic and like expressive. So like the way that uh, Lop's adopted father gives her the blade. Is the same in ZVP, mm-hmm. and it's it's. You like, show me ZVP. Did that's I? That's the one, the weird crossover thing. Yeah, between it's uh, Predator, and um, I can't remember the Japanese character, but he's a blind Ronin. I think some kind of like Japanese superhero or something. Yeah, he's a blind. He's like the original Ronin. Sega to Sanchiro. No, it's the guy from Rogue One. And the force no. forces with me. <laughs> No. No, dude, it's totally Sega to Sanchiro. <laughs> I don't get the reference. Sega to Sanchiro was the uh was the live action promoter for the Sega Genesis. And and his son does it now. It's like Zenachi. What the Ronin? Yeah. Uh Zerubable. No. I can't remember. I, I was I, just. Melody I was making get a that joke. I know you were. I can't. Anyways, I can't think of. But it remind like this episode of Visions reminded reminds me of that ZVP yeah. because of the way they present. The father presents the lightsaber hilt. It's very ceremoni- ceremonial. Yeah, and it's like this is something you need to take care of. Keep it hidden. Keep it safe. I was about to get it. Keep it secret. Keep it safe. Stay off the roads. It's a secret. It's a safe. Dude, when he comes back in that hut, he is a mess. That's a different franchise. I know. It's a different wizard entire. Who would win? Who would win? Who's who's a bigger threat to Gandalf? Sauron or Voldemort? Sauron. Sauron. Sauron's a god. No, he's not. He's, he's an basically angel. a god. He's an angel. He is basically no. a god. All, Gandalf is an angel. Sauron's a Maya. Sauron is well, so basically is a I know. God. They're both lesser angels. They're both lesser angels, but, but yeah. Sauron is basically a god. No. no, he's not a god. Sauron he's, is he's not a he's not a being of the dawn of creation. The the difference between Sauron and his, Gandalf. His Lord Malar is a god. No. His Lord Malar is one of the uh Valinor. He's just a fallen Valinor. Uh, who so they who added they his discord. get away from the ripping it straight out of the Bible storytelling then that's what it's supposed to be no i know anyways but the difference between other references in the bible but the difference between sauron and gandalf is that 
Sauron doesn't have any regulations holding him back, so he can use his full power on Middle Earth. Unlike Gandalf, but it's the it's, Gandalf. It's not the it's it's the fact that it's the the villain is not an equal to the like the main villain isn't an equal to like whatever the good higher power is. He's like a fallen servant oh, of said higher the, power. The, the biblical. R- it's it's, r- the, uh, it's yeah. See, I would say the biblical Voldemort, allegory to Lucifer's yeah, fall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say Voldemort's the bigger threat because Gandalf is mortal in that form, and the one thing that Voldemort can do that Sauron can't do is Avada Kedavra. Yeah, but they would, it would only shatter him, his bro. physical form, and then he would come back as as Gandalf. The Gandalf the clear. even whiter. <laughs> he, yeah, he, he would come. He yeah, just be Mister Clean in a robe. <laughs> no, he would just he would just come back. And he would just be a beard. He would just be a pyramid that light shines through, and then color comes out. Illuminati? <laughs> Gandalf is a secret organization of elitists. Oh, he is part of the secret order of Fire of Anor. Yeah. Yes, but... Oh my god. <laughs> it's the Lord of the Rings Illuminati. <laughs> they never. He never talks about that, but... Um, well, yeah, you're not supposed to talk about it. They are an order it. of colored uh, get wizards. Yeah, which they never talk about what happened to the blue wizards. They say they went east, but... they uh, Yeah, if you read the similar... They got all the way to Tokyo and just... No, not the same. They got to... The side of Earth rather than Middle Earth. I, bet you, I did not know that you were that big of a Middle Earth fan. Yeah, the the Blue Wizards went east. He and said when you read the Cimmerillion, and I was like, oh. I'm no, 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 no. I no, I knew when he said that like he was a Maiar, and I was just like, oh, <laughs> hi, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome to our uh, Lord uh, the of the Rings the, our creation of fantasy characters podcast. Yeah. <laughs> nope, they're both Maiar. Yeah, and. They're equally powerful. Gandalf's just not allowed to use his powers because he's not allowed to reveal to mortals that he is angelic. And he can only influence them as if he were mortal. So therefore, he has to just talk to them and tell them, like, this is the moral thing to do. But he can't control them. He's not not allowed to. Not like Sauron. Sauron doesn't have those rules because Morgoth is dead and gone. So... There's no one lording over Sauron, telling him what what he can and cannot do anymore. Yeah, he is now the highest evil. And even then, because Which, they were evil, Sauron was always plotting against Morgoth. Yeah. Because Morgoth wanted to destroy everything and return it to the void. Sauron just wanted to... Rule it. He wanted to rule it. He wanted to destroy the world as you know it, but not, like, obliterate it. That way he had something to lord over. Whereas Morgoth was just like, I hate that. Um, what's it? What's the? What's God's name? I can't remember. Aya, something like that. Uh, Awa. No, that that's is Avatar. Not, that's Avatar. Oh. <laughs> I can't remember. I can't it's, remember it's, his name. it's it's Iluvatar. Iluvatar. It was something with an E. I knew that. Yeah. Morgoth was just like, I don't like that Iluvatar made things, so I'm gonna unmake them. Or rather, he's like, I don't like that he won't let me make my own things. He's petty. So I'm gonna unmake what he made out of spite. So he's a he's a petty boy. All right, last and, episode. Uh, I don't have much to say about this episode because Akakiri. 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 I vaguely remember. Akakiri. Okay, Which so I imagine the the kitty connotation is referential to the fact of self sacrifice. Okay, George George Take. George, George Takai. 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 Oh so my! Plays, oh my! So okay. he plays Senshu. Uh, Kion Young. Don't know him? No. No. K-E-O-N-E. But, okay. Kion Young? What has he done? George Takai. I don't know. 
Oh, Star so, Trek. Yeah, so... The, the inferior series. George Takai is Senshu in this episode. Yeah. Henry Golding is Tsubaki, and Jamie Chung is Misa. It, it, okay, and George Takai is known for playing Mr. Sulu in the original Star Trek. Okay, hold on. Do these names mean anything to you? Uh, Wataru Takagi? Hmm. Keep going. Um, Katsuhiku Sasaki. Let me see. Katsuhiku Sasaki. Katsuhiko... Sasaki, Sasaki, yeah. I said. Nozawa, Taichi Takeda. No, these don't. Anyway, um, but the the celebrity inputs into this one are Henry Golding, Jamie Chung, and George Takai. George Takai. Um, I I wasn't a huge fan of this one. The combat was great, especially when the moment I realized like how traditional it was was the when. When the Sith sends like her bodyguards after him, and each one is felled within either an initial attack or a deflection and then an attack, and it's very much he's like he's like waiting, and he will like deflect an attack, and then it's just one clean hit, and it's it's not it's that, um, it reminded me a lot of Ghost of Tsushima, where there is a there's a, a ability you can get where you're like take down multiple enemies in a row with like one clean hit. Um, but it was just, it looked very real. Um, cause it wasn't a lot of like flashy, like swords are, uh, clashing a bunch. Like even when the Jedi and the Sith are fighting, it's like they, they like come together and there's a single clash and then they're back and then they come together and there's a single clash and then they're back. Yeah. Right. It's it's actual battle technique. Exactly. It's it was, a, I liked the color themes in this. It was very much like, uh, the movie hero. Yeah, where they and in how they use color to set the mood and theme of a scene, mm-hmm. and I mean the title. I don't know what cutie means, but Akka is red. Mm. And I rem- I haven't seen the episode in a while, but I remember there being a lot of red, especially towards the yeah. end. Yeah. Uh. But I I, that was the most memorable part of the, memorable part of this episode for me was how they used color in their themes. I wasn't a fan of the characters. And I wasn't really a fan of their interactions. Uh, yeah, my first watch through of the series. This was my this was my uh, least favorite episode after the, the what do you call it the the second episode the rock and roll episode. Tatooine Rhapsody. Tatooine Rhapsody, but that was the second episode, right? Yes. Yeah, but uh, I do like Tatooine Rhapsody a lot more now. Yeah, yeah. I really liked the combat in this one. Uh, it was very traditional. Um, had, like, an element of realism to it. I wasn't a huge fan of just the way it went. Um, like, the Jedi, like, accidentally kills his lover. And then he turns to the dark side to save her. And that's the end of the episode. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, and that's how episode three ended. Akakiri means red haze. That makes sense. Kitty hates. Or is it a reference to seeing red? Yeah. Akka is just red. Yeah. And seeing red ki- sounds like a kitty. documentary about the campaign of Donald Trump in 2016. Ki- kitty <laughs> is, translates to either fog, mist, or cloud. A little foggy outside. But you know how things can mean multiple different things. And because. Um, I, I, Kiru. Huh? Kiru? Oh, Kitty. I know Kiru. No, Kido. Kido da Kido. Kido? I don't know. I was just saying of, of different vowel at the end. Like, K- you guys Kido know. is an actual an actual word. Yeah. There's there's 
it, it's it's uh it's sometimes it's attributed to like spirit huh. yeah, there's hop keto which is a, a martial arts style huh yeah mm-hmm. okay it's, it's like japanese form of josiah knows almost nothing about japanese culture. or chi i know some about feudal japan it's okay he's feudal white. japan is a very long period of time there's the warring state era there's the tokugawa shogunate there's the meiji era yeah I just, you know, no, there, there are, there. One day we'll have an episode where I don't look. There's a lot like of eras of Japanese history that go back to you two. a couple thousand years, but okay. Uh, anyway, I don't know things. I'm not as smart as my co-hosts. Ladies we and gentlemen, that. that is the, all that we have, no, all the, hey, no, that no, is all the no, time. No, no, don't downplay yourself like this. We're not going to sit here and let you it, trash talk like, yourself on like seven times oh, this episode. It's very, it's very depressing. Well, you know what? It's fine. Do, do what Odin does and always learn more. I do learn more, just not about this stuff. You know how much I know about music? A lot. Okay, this is, this is a Star Wars podcast. You should be learning about Star Wars. We're talking about Japan. Which has a lot to do with Star Wars, ironically. Anyway, it, it's it, it's ironic that like a couple years ago, I never drew this conclusion until like one night, I was just like, <gasps> <laughs> "Ladies and gentlemen, one day there will be some, adios. There will be a fandom that I share with my two co-hosts that I'm not vastly inferior in terms of knowledge. Well, there will be the time where you share the same level of knowledge, and then I will just take a head dive into it, and then I will vastly outnumber you. <laughs> he thought he was going to do that with me in uh, Lord of the Rings. I, I did not think I was going to. I was not expecting someone to have, <laughs> have extensive knowledge. Sorry, I... Uh... Have, you, have you read the Aragon series? I'm not a fan of them. I hate you. I haven't read the books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read the first one. You, you need to. You need to read the four. I all I remember is uh, John Malkovich in the movies. No, you need to read the books. The movie was awful. The only saving grace of that movie was that Jeremy Irons played Brom. That's that's it. That's literally it. <laughs> oh, I just unlocked memory. Did I, you forget about that movie? I remembered the movie. I didn't remember Jeremy Irons being in it. Yeah, Jeremy Irons was in that movie. I want him to narrate my life. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Jeremy Irons has the voice of like a, has has the like salty gritty voice of some drunk angel up on, and I, I want him to I want him to read my book. I'm writing a book, no, not that kind of book. I'm Three thousand pages into it. <laughs> I meant words, not pages. <laughs> That's impressive. That's a long book. <laughs> surprisingly, that is a tome. <laughs> surprisingly, there's one word per page. Do you have eleventh level? <laughs> Do you have 11th level spellcasting in that tome? <laughs> no, I have 11th level cheating. <laughs> oh, man, I just unlocked a memory. Remember in, like, the early 2000s, the cheat code tomes that came in the Scholastic Bulk at school book, like, fairs? I forgot that those were like, book fairs that existed. Were like, that were, like, the cheat codes for the year? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. yes. They had, like, cheat codes for, like, every game that came out that year. Yes, yes. it was great. I loved, that, oh, was, the, that was my pickup at every single school. That was usually yeah, the fair. first book to go. Yeah, uh-huh. Me and my brother had, like, four of them. Yeah, yeah, I just remember the era of, like, actual book form game guides. Yeah. Oh, like, like the, I, the game, like, yeah. Like, when uh, my parents got me Pokemon Red and Blue for Christmas, uh-huh. they came, like, it wasn't just, like, the cartridge. 
the cartridge came in a giant square plastic container because it there came was in a, it came in a cardboard box well yeah but when you open the box you slide out this big plastic container and in that plastic container down in the corner is the cartridge and then in it is the, a magazine that has all the maps for all the different things and it tells you like this staircase is labeled f and it connects to this staircase oh. on this other and it's like on this route there are this many trainers and yeah, you, you can catch these pokemon on the, and it was like the guide to the game that, that came those, with the game. No, you got that separately, homeboy. The same package. It, it might not. have been like a collector's edition or something. It probably was. But then, you know, Baldur's Gate on the computer came in with these thick game manuals that had every spell in the game listed and it big paragraphs. Baldur's Gate's a bit different. To com- that's a, that's a well, thin yes. line to compare between Pokemon well, Red. Well, yes. The, just the <laughs> idea that the, the manual to the game was an actual book. You know what? I just miss actual game manuals. Yeah. Because we don't even have those now. No, it's no. just a disc in a case. Yep, and uh, I do. You're... I do remember. I would go to like Game Exchange or GameStop and pick up a game, and then read the game manual on the way back home. Mm-hmm. That way, I would know how to do it when I booted it up. Yeah, or like uh, if you played like a, a JRPG, you would get like a quick synopsis of the characters and right. like like their like backstories a little bit, and that was yeah. really cool. I remember the if you were a Dragon Quest fan like moi in the original Halo jewel case little green plastic jewel case that oh. the Halo disc came in. Yeah. You had the little pamphlet that listed, these are all the guns. Yeah. These ones are the human ones. These, these are, are the, the covenant ones. And it like, gave you a list of all, like, the the warthog, the ghost, the wraith. It's like, these are the different vehicles. And this is, like, a little flavor text, like, what they do and what their role is on the battlefield. Those kinds of things, they just don't exist anymore. No. It's all digital. You get now. all that just through a Let's Play. Find somebody who had beta access and you watch their Let's Play and that's your game manual these days. Uh, yeah. I remember what, reading the, the pamphlet for Battlefront 2. The original? Uh, yes. Cause the, I, or no, it was Battlefront because I picked it up at Game Exchange because uh, one of my cousins gave me their old, or uncle gave me their old Xbox. Or gave me and my brother their old Battlef- Xbox. OG Battlefront 1 was rough. It was. It was. It was. It was not fair that there was like an AI Jedi that would just run around the map and would one shot you. That's not fair. Well, the first one didn't have. A, it didn't have heroes. <gasps> no, you couldn't play them, but they spawned in the map. I don't remember that. Okay, OG Battlefront One. Yeah, I have a sound effect. I want to see if you guys can guess what it's from. Oh God. Oh, here we go. Okay. Well, that's all the time we have for today. So I'm gonna go ahead and start the outro while you look for this. No, no, no. I'm gonna make the sound effect oh. with my mouth. Oh no. Uh, that's the Sarlacc pit at the end of episode six. <laughs> no. Okay. That's the sound of it devouring Boba Fett. Okay, after here's here's jet, the sound his... effect. Here's the sound effect. It goes No. You can't no. No no no. It's the it's the the loading screen for Battlefront 2 when it's zooming into the planet. Close. Battlefront 1. But yeah, you're right. But it's yeah. when you pick a planet and it does like the little crosshair and it goes and it goes two lines come in from the sides. I never played that. And then two lines come in from the top and it zooms in on like a planet in the galaxy. And then it has like And then you see the planet and then it zooms in on a specific point on the planet and then it zooms in on your spawn point and then you go to your character select screen. Yeah. It was one of the smoothest loading screens of all time. It was amazing. But that sound is just like 
That took me a second, but I got it. Yeah, I, you did I get it. I didn't. I unfortunately didn't play. Galactic they didn't Conquest. do it. They didn't have that loading screen in Battlefront Two, but it was Battlefront One. Battlefront One was rough. I. We, That's all I gotta say. These are the original Battlefront. Me and Isaiah played. Oh, no, I know. Me and Isaiah played the original Battlefront. Isaiah's my brother. We played the original Battlefront, um, and we would play Galactic Conquest, and it would always end with us on the snow planet. Um, and <laughs> he was. No, it was because uh, Battlefront 1 only had Clone Wars. Oh, you mean Ryloth. Ryloth. Because back then, Ryloth was a snow planet, not yep. a mm-hmm. temperate desert planet. But he would always be the bad guys, and I was always the good guys. And the bad guys had a huge advantage on Ryloth. Yes, because like, they had AT-AT walkers. Yep, and I just could never win, and it was so infuriating. Yep. I found the way to one, to beat that. One wasn't Clone Wars. One was uh, Battlefront. One was only Clone Wars. Battlefront Two no, was, was when they brought in. No, yes, it was. Battlefront One had it had Empire. All I remember Battlefront One was being only Empire. I don't remember any Clone they Wars had stuff. Both. I remember remember Battlefront Two they being had both. the Clone Wars stuff. Yeah, Battlefront One. Here had both. and here it goes. Here it goes. I here. swear this is nah, nah. Because I distinctively remember being on that what that it was like that beach esque planet that had the jungle stuff in Battlefront One. Kashyyyk. Was that Kashyyyk? It was Kashyyyk, and you could be clones. But I don't. But, remember, I remember it was only rebels and stormtroopers is what I remember, and there was the random Luke that would run around the battlefield and would cut me down. And yeah, it was so uh, unfair. Well, no, yeah, because so Battlefront One had. Uh, it had. This is some hard. It had two Kashyyyk levels. Going on. One was, <laughs> and it had a Naboo level. It had the because it had a recreation of the battle between the Gungans and the Droid army on the field. Yeah, yeah. with like the giant head sculptures. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh, and it had Kashyyyk, but it was uh, and it was the beach assault on Kashyyyk where you had the two like big platform piers that go mm-hmm. out that have the upstairs and the downstairs. But then Battlefront 2 has the same Kashyyyk map, but it was made to look much more like the Revenge of the Sith episode. Okay. And so, and then it had, like, you can go up further up the beach to this, like, giant, uh, like, gate fence, and you had to fight to get to the other side of the gate fence where the the republic or the command or the, the 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 rebels or the republic forces main unconquerable spawn point was located mm. and uh but you could have both imperial and uh clone war era fights on that because yeah i was wrong yeah. i was very very confused um it's okay we forgive you anyway I could have sworn my copy had a clone on the front, but it's a stormtrooper. Yeah. On Battlefront One. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No, it's clone. It's a Battlefront Two that has the clone. Yeah, but both of them have both eras. It's okay, Josiah. It's been decades since most people have played those games. Those games aren't really. Supported. It's been like two years since I played that game. That's, that's decades for you. <sighs> And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we have that we was reached clean. wrap that was, that time. Was clean. <laughs> um, that is all we have for today. Thank you for listening again. It has been a pleasure to record this for you guys. Indeed it has. Um, we will be back <laughs> next week. I think we'll get back into releasing our... We'll finish releasing the movies, uh, and then we'll start covering Clone Wars. Yeah, so what? Uh, in a couple days, we're releasing both visions. I lied. 
on May 4th. This will release with the first episode on May 4th. Yes. That next week will release Attack. Um, and Vision Season 2. And Vision Season 2. Are yes. we going to do Season 2 or are we this episode? Season we'll two. record Season 2. On Monday. On next Monday. Yes. Okay. Are, are we all going to be able to watch it that weekend? Yes. Oh, boy. You bet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. I have to. No. It's a clean podcast. No. I'm sorry. Remember your first time guesting on this podcast and you were like so proud of that you didn't have to yeah. get cut at all? You never once cursed and you're just like, I'm so <laughs> proud about this. God. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. That's it. That's all we so, got. So what you're saying is that I've been slacking and I need to stop cursing? No, you're just leaning towards the black side of your gray. Whoa, that's racist. Whoa. That's... Gray is not red and blue. It's black and white put together. Uh, sir, it's orange. I'm going to hold my mic like this from anyway, now on. Ladies and... <laughs> no, you have to have a pop filter. Hold my mic like this from this now is on. all visual comedy and it's not going to translate to <laughs> the know. audio medium that is our podcast i am expecting this to be cut out it's not going to be ladies and gentlemen we're leaving you can reach us at the email address a2ta.humancyborgrelations at gmail.com uh you can come connect with us at r slash a2-ta no we have an r slash don't we oh, 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 oh. yeah we have a reddit we have okay. a subreddit our, our subreddit is A2TA podcast. Okay. And then our Reddit profile is just A2-TA. Yes. Like the droid. Like a droid um, name. Go, go interact with Brady, who is running our Reddit. Yes. Um, he wants to talk to you guys. I do. I want to talk to you. I want to talk I'll, to all I'll of get you. on our Reddit and just go comment on malicious compliance or slash malicious compliance. <laughs> Um, I, I did want to say before the end of this that possibly one of my favorite droid designs was that old droid from the ninth Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. Are you trying to say something, Josiah? No, it's pretty good. Okay. Okay, we've tried to end this episode like five times now. Sorry, I apologize. I, I'm, I'm Alrighty. very sorry. All right. May the force go with you. Adios. Adios. I hate you. Now we have to do the whole thing again. No, we don't. <laughs> Alrighty. May the force go with you. Adios.